Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Joining me on Feedback, Abby Bonnell, is Aidan Batar, Director of Immigration and Refugee Resettlement at Catholic Community Services here in Utah. Always great to see you, Aidan. Thank you for having me. My pleasure. Well, more than 60,000 refugees have resettled in the state of Utah over the years. A change in administration has seen an executive order implementing a temporary ban to seven mostly Muslim nations. A legal battle now ensuing over that decision. It's currently in the works and it's caused some massive confusion at your end, hasn't it, Aiden? It has been very difficult uh, couple of weeks uh, for the last uh, few weeks that we uh, experienced with the new administration. Uh, we never had this situation before in any president that walks into the White House uh, stopping the refugees. Um, you know, the Refugee Resettlement Program, it's a life-saving program, and uh, this is what the United States chose to do. With uh, uh, We always have bipartisan with Congress and uh, the White House, and uh, I don't know what that changed. This has been very worrying some to all of us, all our Americans and the community here, the refugees, and uh, and also our allies who also stood up with us. And uh, now they are in limbo. They don't know what to do. So this is what we have been experiencing for the past few weeks. Let's take it back to where the program started here, actually just in the state of Utah. Back into the 70s, I believe, we've been accepting refugees from around the nation, around the globe. Absolutely. Even we go further than that, the, the United States have been accepting refugees uh, since the World War II, and we have a lot of Europeans came to the U.S., and then with the Refugee Resettlement Program, uh, started the fall of Saigon in the, in the late 70s, where uh, you know hundreds of thousands of refugees uh, from Vietnam was accepted into the United States. In fact, it's the communities who started that resettlement where churches were sponsoring refugees. And then in 1980, uh, Congress passed the uh, uh, Refugee Act, which allowed the, the United States to legally resettle refugees in, into the states. And uh, every year, the president has to determine the number of refugees that are coming in consultation with Congress. And we always had bipartisan for the past 40-plus years until now. You yourself are a refugee. You came in 1994. You are Muslim. You had a degree in a legal degree from Somalia, and you have a postgraduate degree since then, since you resettled here in Utah, and you came directly to the state of Utah. You're very accomplished. You're a, a fabulous member of our community here and have a loving family who've also excelled. It must be very frustrating for you to see, because you know, and you say, because you went through the whole process, I did just from a regular green card. You do go through an extreme vetting process. Well, going back, refugees are survivors. These are individuals who were forced to flee their home country 
They were not asked to leave. They were forced, a gun pointing at their head. They had to leave everything that they loved for their entire life, including a loved one and all their, all their housing, everything that they worked hard for, they had to leave and go to a refugee camp and apply U.S. refugee program, which is a very rigorous program where you will be uh, you know, registered, your name will be checked, your fingerprints will be taken. Um, you had to wait years in refugee camps. I did that as many other refugees. And uh, the United States, ever since the program started, welcomed more than 3 million refugees that went through that very rigorous screening process. And we never had any problem, any crisis, people pouring into our country, as the administration put it in. We don't have those crises. We have a well-organized program that uh, involves many international um, and local NGOs working hand-in-hand and side-by-side with the federal government. Um, And we never had any problem because all this effort that we use to screen the refugees bring them into the United States. It's a lot of effort, and it, it, it costs a lot of money, a lot of time, and if all this were put to stop, it's going to cost us more money, and, and I think we don't want to waste our money with that way. Aiden, you gave me um, here just a sheet of paper, and it's actually two sides, and here alone there are 14 steps to get admission and go through this rigorous process to become accepted as a refugee from a country that's considered, you know, that that individual is considered uh, in danger of persecution or for some other reason where they need to be reestablished and sent to a new country. Fourteen steps, and you say it is extreme. Absolutely. Every refugee has to go through those 14 steps and not even counting at the beginning, when they are registered with the United Nations High Commissioner for Refugees, which also screens the refugee to make sure they are who they say they are. And, and also, uh, you know, this uh, we're talking about 80% of the total refugee worldwide. More than 20 million refugees are in the refugee camp. 80% of them are women and children. Um, and also... This is the record number since World War II. We never had more than 60 million people were forcibly displaced by civil war. This never happened since World War II. And that's, this, that's the crisis that we are dealing with right now. And I think the United States has the moral and legal obligation to, to step up and show leadership in the world because the 20 million refugees in the, in, in the refugee camps, those camps are in third world countries. What would we expect if the United States closed its doors and says, we're not going to accept refugees? What do we accept, uh, expect from those countries? Also, what do we expect our allies, those that are fighting with us? Uh, we, we were seeing, you know, the Iraqi interpreters who put their lives on the line and their families and when they came to the United States, we were told, sorry, you're not welcome into our country. What message would that send those that are still back in Iraq interpreting for our forces in, in Afghanistan and in many other parts of the world? What message is that going to send? Would anybody would put their lives in, in danger, knowingly that tomorrow America is not going to accept them? Those that oppose right now um, refugees coming in and want this temporary ban, 
to really examine where we are with the system here in the U.S. of accepting in terms of protecting, as they say, you know, against any threat of terrorism. Some would argue, okay, well, in the case of Syria, many of those individuals, there's no paper trail. You can't find what their history was. They can't document if there was any criminal history. What, what's your response to that, Aidan? I think we need to look at the facts. We need to do fact, fact checks on that. The uh, federal authorities that are interviewing and checking those individuals, some of them have already uh, uh, testified the uh, these individuals have the most documents than any other refugees that they have ever interviewed, and I'm quoting what those officers have said. So the Syrian refugees, Iraqis, and many other refugees that are coming from the Middle East or other parts, they all have, most majority of them do have documentation to show who they are. But the most importantly, you know, uh, these individuals as n- are not posing any threat to our national security. We have resettled, as I said earlier, more than 3 million refugees. Just show me one example of people that are posing a threat to this country. It doesn't exist as a, you know, as a, terrorist, as a threat. terrorist threat to this country, and that's what you know we should worry about. But right now, of these refugees that uh, in the refugee camps that are being processed to come to the United States, they go this very rigorous screening process. Any individual that doesn't pass that uh, screening process, they're not given refugee status. And the numbers that we are seeing, we're not seeing people pouring into our 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 borders. These are people that have been vetted, that have been waiving years and years in the process. Um, and those that we already resettled, I think um, the United States have resettled a little over 10,000 Syrians ever since the Syrian crisis started. No single one of them have posed threat to the national security of our, our country. So let's go back to what's been happening at Salt Lake International Airport and your office, because you're in charge of making all of these plans. It's, it's, not, it's not easy here. It's very complicated. Once somebody has gone through this entire process, then it's now in your hands, Aidan, to make sure that you line up airline tickets, you bring in either individuals or families through Salt Lake International, and then the work begins for you. Absolutely. Refugees, when they come to Salt Lake City International Airport, that's where Catholic Community Services and International Rescue Committee, the two resettlement agency in the state of Utah, we start our work. Uh, but we know those individuals that are coming beforehand because as soon as their refugee uh, case is approved, we get their bio, the, all their information. We know who they are when they're coming. We start preparing our community, starting renting an apartment, furnishing the apartment, lining up volunteers that would welcome these refugees. Uh, we notify the, the schools. We notify the state. Uh, we notify uh, every agency that is going to be working with these individuals. And we would work with these uh, families for up to two years. So those two years, we show them uh, how to live here in this, in, in this new uh, country that they're coming, that they will be making their life. Um, we teach them how to become self-sufficient. More than 90% of the refugees that we are bringing within six months being in Utah, they will be, they become employed. That means they don't depend on public benefits, as many is, is thinking, um, and uh, they, they contribute to our economy. They support their families, and, uh, and, and I am talking about facts. I'm not making up those numbers, and, and I would like people to look at those things. 
Um, and then, you know, uh, refugees, when they're here in Utah for one year, uh, again, they will be fingerprinted by the Department of Homeland Security to make sure that they are the same person that they have given the refugee status. So after they, again, pass that screening process, they, they get their permanent residency. And then after five years, when they're applying their U.S. citizenship, they will be screened again and then are, are given their, their U.S. citizenship by passing uh, the, the U.S. history and, and civics. And, and all the refugees become citizens because they love this country, because this is a country that welcomes them. This is the country that gives their life back. It's been a pretty stressful time, hasn't it? Uh, right now, we're in a, a, a kind of a, a, a case of limbo. You, from day to day, you're kind of checking the status to see if refugees can still be accepted while this case is m- moving its way through the legal system. Absolutely. Ever since the, the executive order came out um, every day, uh, we don't know the next day what's going to happen with this all this court back and forth court battle. We're hearing that, you know, a new executive order may come out. We... They may be uh, the case may go to the Supreme Court, which is unnecessary to do all this thing. I think uh, the new administration has a lot of other important things to worry about. They need to worry about Russia or other things in the, that would impact our national security. The refugees are not threat to our national security. These are human beings that are fleeing persecution that need our help the same way that we would like to be treated if one day. Uh, we were in their shoes. I think that's the same warm welcome that we would love to have. That's the same thing that they're wanting for their families. You just had a father, a Somali father, who spent years in a refugee camp. And after about two years of processing with his wife, who had already been admitted here, he'd never met his little daughter and just recently met her for the first time. This is the effect of the executive order that have separated this family for more than two years. This father, you know, he was scheduled to arrive last Sunday, yeah, but like, unfortunately when the executive order came out, his flight was canceled. I didn't know what to tell his wife and two-year-old daughter that was really emotional and, um, and, and crying in front of our office saying, the wife was saying, what would I tell my two-year-old daughter that her father's not coming? What would I tell? I told her, just keep praying. You know, God would have an answer for us. And fortunately, you know, the, the, the court order came out and all those flights that were canceled, they were put back. This were, I was, I'm talking about more than 35 individuals' flights were canceled when the executive order came out. And For refugees coming to the Utah. refugees coming to Utah. But throughout the country, thousands of refugees that, are, that were impacted by. Yeah, but luckily now, all those families are scheduled to arrive uh, thanks to, uh, you know, our court system who, you know, uh, said that this is illegal and, uh, you know, the president is not above the law. I think we, we live in a country of laws, and uh, uh, that's what we need, you know, to make sure that uh, the refugees are treated, you know, are, as human beings. My thanks to Aidan Batar, Director of Immigration and Refugee Resettlement Services at Catholic Community Services. Aidan, always a pleasure to see you. Thank you. I really appreciate it. And our website is www.ccsutah.org. Please visit and help us in any way you can. Thank you. My thanks to Aidan for joining me. Abby Bonnell on Feedback. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. 
Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.